Hello, all you beautiful people out there in podcast land. My name is Paul Workman. I'm Zach McCoy. And it's your boy, Trav. We are Oscar Grouches. Welcome back to the Oscar Worsity Podcast, the Thursday episode, Thursday show where we take a look at a one perennial brides- Oscar bridesmaid and knower of cinema, a Mr. Martin Scorsese. And what are we watching this week, Zach? We are watching The Age of Innocence, uh, where a wealthy attorney feels bad about being married to an absolutely adorable woman because Catwoman makes him excited. Mm-hmm. True. I like that. This anybody's first do. time seeing this film. It is mine. Yes. Yes, for me, another wow. Oscar firsty. Hooray. I'm glad that we get these. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I never would have guessed that this is a movie that Scorsese would have uh, taken on, to be honest with you. Yeah, be so so adamant about and so hands-on with. Yeah. I've owned it on DVD for quite a while, but finally, first time watching it. Yeah, nice. I got to break down. I got to break down and get that criterion. Oh, there's a criterion of this. Mm-hmm. I just That's a, shocking to me. I haven't bought it. Mm. I didn't think the movie was that revered to deserve a criterion. Well, let's talk about how revered it is in our Oscar breakdown. Break it down. All right. So um, we start at Best Supporting Actress, Winona Ryder, picking up the only acting nomination of the film. Uh, Daniel Day-Lewis is nominated uh, this year, but he is nominated for In the Name of the Father, not Age of Innocence, which I think is a mistake, having watched both those films this week. Mm-hmm. Um, it is nominated for Best Screenplay Based on Material Previously Produced or Published. So here is Martin Scorsese being our perennial Oscar bridesmaid and losing to Steve Zalian for Schindler's List. Can you argue it? <laughs> no, you can't. You, okay. Especially if you listened to our episode yesterday. Yeah. You just cannot. Um, Elmer Bernstein picking up a, can- a nomination for Best Original Score, also losing to John Williams and Schindler's List. <laughs> um, this was not nominated for Best Song, unlike Beethoven's Second. Okay. <laughs> I gotta keep I gotta keep bringing it up. Yep. Um <laughs> Uh, gets nominated for Best Art Direction, also losing to Schindler's List. And I think that... Oh, no, no. Uh, and it and it wins Best Costume Design. Gabriella Chucci? Chucci. Peschucci. I'm sorry I butchered your very lovely last name, Gabriella. Congratulations on beating Schindler's List. Hey. Uh, <laughs> costumes were gorgeous. Indeed they were. Hmm. And that's our Oscar breakdown. Okay. Nice. So the Martin stays getting nominated. He's always the bridesmaid. You know, he's never the bride. That's correct. Poor Martin. Poor Martin. Just <laughs> just three decades toiling now and just can't just can't seem to be given yeah. a little gold statue. Do now do you think that weighs on him at this point? I'm not certain. I mean, I'm sure it's hard to to watch all your friends pick up Oscars. <laughs> Coppola's got one. Well, every year he goes, right? Well, every year, every other year, whatever, mm-hmm. depending on how it works out. And he, you ever think, and he's like, why even go? I'm not going to win. Why it's even really, go? Why waste my yeah. time? I mean, I almost did Schindler's List. Yeah. And <laughs> it almost does Schindler's List. And now uh, Spielberg picks up his first and second Academy Awards and uh, for production and picture. Um, or production and directing and you know, and his uh 
his protege, Oliver Stone, has two best <laughs> director awards. Like, mm-hmm. I, I'm not sure how much it really weighs on him. Uh, I think the ebbs and flows of his box offices weigh on him a lot more. Yeah. Right. Well, this one wasn't super successful, neither box office wise. So, yeah. no. Moderate, uh, you know, doubled whatever for for a period piece like this isn't bad, but again, it's not a hit. Like you know, she had a pretty decent hit with Cape Fear. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, was, was, yeah. Remains of the Day comes out the same year, but it costs less and it makes around the same amount of money. So you know, Damn. it's kind of par for the course. Yeah, yeah, which is weird. I don't know, man. I just I really enjoyed this movie, so. Oh, I, I think this movie is gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. The score, man, Elmer Bernstein's score is, you know, I mean, I, I can't really talk for the Schindler's List or Schindler's Notes score, but, but it. Damn, it, this score is good, though, bro. This score yeah, is really good. Schindler's List may be Williams's most emotional score and absolutely deserves This is an emotional score. No, this really is, but. I'm telling yeah. you, Schindler's List. <laughs> something else. It's something. It's something. It's something. Something else I was going to say. And shit, I just can't remember what it was now. Oh, yeah. That opening scene, bro, when they were at the opera and they started doing Faust. And I was like, dude, I love Faust. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good it was, one. It was a good performance, yeah. too. I was like, damn, this is good. So I'm going to uh, start off by saying this is a movie that I am going to need to watch again sometime in the near future to really get my firm feelings on it. I like it. Um, man, it's not an excuse, but no, I've, I've mentioned, you know, if you heard on last week's or, or yesterday's episode, um, Caitlin had surgery. It's been a kind of long and tiring week. And I was kind of struggling. I had to watch this movie in two parts. I was struggling to stay awake at parts, not because the movie's boring. It's just very, quiet and subdued and yeah and um i, I want to watch it when i'm more awake like during the day it's not it's not anything inappropriate that i can't really watch during the day if somebody walks in it's not a big deal i watch a lot of these things at night because of the kids but yeah mm-hmm. this one's this one's pg it, yeah it's gorgeous it's like we talked about the costumes the music the great performances um i don't know if i love every stylistic choice applied to this type of movie but at the same time it's nice to see it not buy into all the period piece tropes like even like that scene where um i forget who he's he's sitting down there at a dinner table and the, the there's like cutting to scenes of the food being cut and stuff like it was kind um. of an interesting <laughs> little uh camera thing a little well, interesting choice. Yeah, like, what, as, as they're like here? <laughs> as they're going through like all the courses of the meal, and they're they're just showing each one of them being put on the table and cut up. Yeah, they, they did that a lot in this movie, man. There's this one scene in particular. Um, Archer was uh, is I don't know. Is his first name Archer? I just call him Archer. I don't even know if that's his first or last name, but <laughs> um, him and um, Ellen, uh, what, what's her name? Count Alinska? Countess, Countess, Countess Alinska, Newland, uh, Newland Archer. Archer. Yeah, they got this 
Oh, no, no, no. It's him and Weona Ryder's character, bro. They're, like, sitting on, like, this bench type thing, right? And, like, the cam... He's here and she's here. And the camera starts on this side where you see Weona Ryder's, like, full face. And then it starts panning as she's talking. And she talks the whole time, but it only pans so you can see Daniel Day-Lewis's, like, facial reactions to whatever she's saying. And then it cuts yeah. back to her. And I'm like, damn, brother, they're, they're doing it again with this goddamn camera work, dude. Just there's yeah. no need for all this, but <laughs> they're doing it, and I'm I'm eating it up. <laughs> you know, and I keep talking about the Merchant, the merchant Ivory films uh, on the other show because they uh-huh. keep getting nominated. And here is the perfect example of if you just infuse some style into a Merchant Ivory film, how it just steps the game up just that much. Mm-hmm. Like there's there's no boring camera work. Uh, they make artistic choices instead of just like we're going to have two really good actors act on screen the with the camera, camera on a tripod. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much. I I will say this though. Um, again, the acting's not terrible or anything like that, but nothing blew me away acting wise. Um, oh, I I think Daniel Day Lewis is incredible in this. He's film. good, but what's it called? You know, I know you didn't like my left foot, but his performance in my left foot is way better than I don't know. I, 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 I don't agree with that. Um, you I know, he, and I think he's doing such staid acting. There's so much going on underneath the surface that you see bubbling at all points, but he's trying to be so mannered in polite society. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like he is yeah. doing so much of this. Yeah, film. nobody's bad. I just nobody blew me away, is what I'm saying. Yeah. I'm saying Day Lewis blew me away. <laughs> <laughs> I um for the first half of the movie I was like okay he's fine but in the second half I, I really like you said with the bubbling and everything he really he was you could see a man trying not to like lose his shit at all, all times because like yeah essentially at all points you just kind of see him delve into a like slight madness. Well yeah because yeah, we get to a point where everybody knows that they're in love with each other, you know, mm-hmm. but no, it's like the unspoken thing that nobody talks about, but you know, they'd be like whispering, you know, about it. And, yes. uh, everybody knows she knows, you know what I mean? It's this whole thing. Mm-hmm. And yeah. And I love a good romance, uh, movie like that. Cause you know, you feel for, um, her character, but you don't think that they're necessarily doing anything wrong, neither, man. They're just two people in love who can't be together, and it's romantic and sad. And the ending to this was really good. Had I won't crying, but you know, I was teary eyed. It 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 definitely puts you in a in an emotional state. Absolutely. Yeah. And I wanted to see her at the end, and they. He didn't give it to us, and I like that he didn't give it to us because it left me like hungry for more. I was hungry, Martin. Yeah, <laughs> and and you know, and you you just kind of stay with Newland Archer as he is denying himself the pleasure, right. so we right. get denied the pleasure, and he just. Well, you walks think she's going to come to the window? But yeah, this goddamn old bastard shows up <laughs> instead, and I'm like, damn it! And you could see it in him that when he like looked up. He was disappointed that, you know, it was somebody yeah. else and not her. 
And I like that they intercut it with the earlier scene where she's on the right, dock right, and yeah, he says, yeah. if she turns around in the neck before this sailboat hits the other side of this rock, I will go to her. And she doesn't turn around. So you get, she never the, does. She didn't do it in the carriage neither. Early. That, yep. It's like a thing that they do in this movie that you just got to really pay attention to. Mm-hmm. And hopefully, you know, Zach, when you go and watch it again, you can really like appreciate these things, but yeah. But you could see it in her face. She wants, like, she's denying herself from doing it because she knows if she does it, she's going to go to him. Oh, man, it's yep. so good. Yeah. It, it is really good. God damn, it's so good. But I give that to, like, the writing. Like, I'm looking at it like Martin Direct and being like, and you're not going to turn around. You know what I mean? Versus their actual performance. Like, Martin's directing blew me away in this film. Yeah. Yeah, it's... There's so much, there's so much beauty and style in this film, and him and Bauhaus are just having a good time. Yeah, Jay Jay Cox is back with Martin. Yeah, Uh, Jay Cox, who apparently gave him this novel in 1980, which is two films we talked about this this week. People always giving this man film uh, books. You know what I mean? He's like, yeah, fuck it. I'll wait 20 years to do it. Yeah, and this is the same story with Schindler's List this week too, where where they pick up the rights to the novel and they just mm-hmm. sit on it for a decade. And Insane. Then, mm-hmm. then they finally like come out and they both come out in the same year. Crazy. Oh, and one of the things I absolutely love is the stylistic decision to have so many of the, uh, the establishing shots of like old New York, just be kind of oil paintings. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Kind of, cool. kind of stick with the, the motif of art and, its place in New York society of the time. And the one establishing shot where they have the shoemakers store. Yeah. Giving mm-hmm. Thelma a little love inside yeah, right. the movie. Yeah, yeah. I love it. And I don't know if we're going to bring up the, the somber fact that, you know, this was his dad's last yep. cameo, you know, and he had the little dedication at the end for him. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, I, I was going to bring that up. Uh, and it was funny, like I had read that that his mom and dad had a cameo in there. It said something like a uh, couple standing on on a train platform. I yeah, was like, yeah. oh, I'll see if I could spot them. And then they're just right in front of the camera. <laughs> was it this? Uh, Scorsese's daughter is in this too. Oh, yeah. Um, when he goes to her house and he pulls up in the carriage and she's not there. Like she left when she said that she saw the carriage. Pull up, and he's th- I, man. What is her name? It starts like with a B. Miss something, but the lady, the little girl with the dog that mm-hmm. he's having the conversation okay. with—that's Scorsese's daughter. Oh, nice. So that was cool. And, you know, it's a whole um, family affair because I know Daniel Day Lewis's sister was also. Yep, Tamison Day Lewis. So yeah, and she's admiring May's engagement ring. Uh, and then oh, Charlie Miss Blinker, Blinker—that's what her name was. Oh, okay. Okay. And Charlie Chaplin's daughter's in this movie. Oh, wow. No, I didn't, I didn't know, that. know that. She's uh, Mrs. Welland. She's uh, oh. Winona Ryder's mom is Geraldine Chaplin. Wow. Okay. Okay. That's crazy. I like that. Oh, yeah. Richard Grant was in this, too. Oh, yeah. Richard E. Grant. That's right. Who uh, apparently Daniel Day-Lewis avoided during the entire shoot of this film. Oh, yeah? Because they were... Uh, 
They were rivals on screen, and on the last day of shooting, he apparently hugged Richard E. Grant and thanked him for putting up with his uh, his uh, method nonsense. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which which makes me respect Daniel Day Lewis's like specific form of um, method acting. What's his name? Just did that in Power of the Dog with Kristen Dunst, where where he avoided her the whole film because he didn't want to be an asshole to her on set, so he just avoided her. Oh, uh, Bandicoot Crumbly Bumbly. Yes, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it never gets old, dude. No, it's it's always old. funny. Pretty much anything that Paul fucking comes up with for people's weird names <laughs> never gets old to me. Uh, what did you c- call Evanescence earlier? Evan nonsense. Ev- Evan nonsense. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was looking at some of the notes about like uh, the, the graphic design and titles again. We're getting you know uh, Hitchcock inspiration with like you know when he the bursts of color like when he gives it the yellow flower. Uh, yeah, and I mean it's yeah. it's Saul Bass again. So uh-huh. he, he did. He also did Cape Fear and he did Goodfellas. Yep. So him and Saul Bass have a nice working relationship right now. That's so funny. Yeah. Yeah, no, this um this this film came out in 1993 and it still holds up, dude. It is just absolutely gorgeous. Yeah, it I'm, I've been watching a lot of 90s movies and I'm not like not like 90s hokey movies, but like the big boys if you want to say. And I'm just mm-hmm. like man, I sound like, you know, the old man get off my yard, but I'm like Bro, they just don't make movies like this anymore. They rely so heavy on C- CGI and all this other stuff. Like, they don't have to rely on performances. And yeah. when you get to see these 90s movies where, like, man, everybody's just fucking eating on screen. And I'm like, man, we just don't get that a whole, whole lot anymore. Yeah, you don't get it enough in the the mainstream, at least. And when something does sneak through with real solid performances. It, it's nice to see when it gets appreciated for it. I think we're having a little bit of a rebound despite the, you know, the complaints of MCU dominating. I think streaming services have kind of given new life to indie and performance driven stuff where I think from like 2000, to 2010, there was kind of a, I don't know. It felt like a lost, land a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Well, because it was exciting because there was this new technology. So I get it. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's not even just CGI new technology, but a way to film. Right. You know what yeah. I mean? So it's exciting. Oh, we can film cheaper? Movies only cost a quarter of what they used to cost? Hell yeah. yeah. And it's and it's a lot of the the holdovers from like the 70s and 80s and 90s that are that are still making films in the 20 aughts of you know, you get guys like guys like Scorsese and uh, Spielberg and uh, Tarantino. I guess could be considered. Yeah, Tar- yeah Tarantino, kind of to a, a, a weirder extent. I I think Tarantino works on such a different level with his performances that his his actors are always so heightened and weird. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. It, oh, yeah, yeah. They stand out in a different way. Too, uh, yeah. That as well. I was thinking about like the filming too. Is like he's adverse to digital, isn't he? I feel like yeah. With one of those guys as yeah. well. Yeah, I think the biggest difference between Tarantino and Scorsese is when Tarantino writes characters, they're very showboaty. 
show off, class, class clown. I didn't get enough attention at home, so now look at me, look at me kind of characters right. versus the kind of characters that Scorsese writes where it's more psychological based on how he goes about his character development. Yeah. So I know I've been kind of quiet on this one. Like I said, I really need to sit down in a little while and kind of redigest it. I don't know how I feel about the the uh, unrequited love and stuff. I don't know if I bought it in my state that I was when I was watching it. Like I just kind of found myself frustrated with Archer. Like like frustrated in a, I mean, I I get it. If like you think he was wrong for what he did or I, I don't know. That that kind of society is hard. You know, they they frame it with the whole discussion of uh, shame and divorce and, you know, expectation of society and stuff. It's like, on one hand, it's like, I look at it now, like, if you don't really love the person you're engaged to, he, he, like, he, he wants to rush it because that's what he's supposed to do. So he doesn't, so he doesn't feel tempted to. I mean, but at the same time, I, I think he did, he tells, um, Alinska that he loves her as much as he can. Hmm. And she asks if there's limits to that. And he says he hasn't found any yet. I think, I think there's a genuine, like a genuine admiration for May. Right. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. But in Alinska, he finds passion. Yeah. Absolutely. Which I think, you know, completely lacks from the rest of the society. There's just no passion to anything they do. They go sure. see art, but they don't really like discuss it or have mm-hmm. like deep thoughts on the art that they're they're taking in. It's just what yeah. you do. You go see the opera and then you go to the party after the opera. Right. And everything works like clockwork. The one the one woman leaves before the third act so she can go set up for her party. You know, there's no there's no passion. It's all it's all stayed and yeah. mannered. Yeah. It's true. Hmm. I think, you know, it's probably more of me projecting my thoughts. I got I to put myself in the mind frame of the late 19th century of um, dutifulness. And, you know, he sacrifices that passion you're talking about to have a, have the life he's supposed to have. And he, mm-hmm. he's like, like the movie says, he's a faithful husband and a dutiful father. Um, <laughs> but like time progresses enough that you see his his son is like like kind of teasing him about it almost like why'd you give up your passion or whatever I, it's it's interesting yeah yeah nah I loved it I, I love a good romance tragedy <laughs> yeah so you know I, I don't want them to end up together. You know, that's right. Right. No. So gut wrenching is they don't, they can't. And he was willing to throw it all the way a couple times, but stuff intervened, you know, her saying no, her being pregnant, her like every time he's about to say, fuck it, I can't resist anymore. Something mm-hmm. happens that right. makes him not able to dive all the way in. So right. it's and, just really, really well written. And and the one thing I'll say I really like about the ending to this film is that he he has no more excuses not to see her and right. not to be with her now. Especially because he says I'm only fifty seven. Yeah. Right. And like he could he could live out the rest of her life with the rest of his life with her the other way around. But now he's kind of become loyal 
to the idea of the life he has that it feels like it's still throwing it away if if he goes for it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's right. Bravo. Bravo, Scorsese and Cox right there. That's so SC. Good. Oh, that's it for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I, I'm just, I'm real happy with this film. This is one I wish I would have got to much sooner. Me too. All right. Well, let's do our worsty judgments. Trav? Yeah? Where's this sitting on your Thursday's rankings? So, um, I gave this movie, of course, I can't remember, even though I just did it. I gave this movie four and a half stars. Um, I put it up there in my number four spot, just ahead of After Hours and just behind Taxi Driver. Um, There's not much more Scorsese films that are more gorgeous than this film. Um, I got even more respect for him that he had his hands on the script. Mm -hmm. So this might be Scorsese's best performance as far as directing writing the whole shebang in my opinion it's not the best movie but i think it might be scorsese's best performance as a director writer artist of some sort in my opinion that he's done up to this point so yes send a number four man i love i really love this film i can't wait to revisit this a couple years from now nice cool zach Versus, yeah. I, I know you're saying you're a little you're a little more tepid on uh, how you feel about it, but do do you want to give us your Thursdaysy ranking or at least a yeah? Um, no, right now I have it ranked at my number. <laughs> I'm looking at my list and I'm like, <laughs> what? Where am I going to put it? I think right now it's at my number eight, which is still pretty you know pretty good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Out of 30 some, what is it? 32? 28. 28. 28. Okay. I was never sure because I know you guys have like four, four. I can't remember how much you have more than me. So, <laughs> yeah. So, like, I had Cape Fear at my number eight. And I, I, I like, I think it's a better movie than Cape Fear. So I've got it above that. But it's below Mean Streets, which I still feel. Again, it's more polished than Mean Streets, but I just didn't, it hadn't hit me yet. But maybe it will. I, right. But I, I think with a recent recent purchase, now I own like every Scorsese featured directorial film film. So I'm going to revisit all these movies throughout my lifetime, and come to have new relationships with them. Well, how about you, Paul? What where you got it? Uh, I also have it at my number eight. Okay. Uh, it is the dividing line between my five stars and my four and a half stars. Ooh. So, mm-hmm. the, so is the this last, on the upper? Is this a five or a four and a half? This is four and a half for me. Okay. Uh, I have last waltz right above it, color money right under it. <laughs> so uh, I, I do think this is a gorgeous film and <clears throat> sorry, got something caught in my throat all of a sudden. Um, so she's yeah, I, <laughs> damn you. That's right. It's not funny. It's Evan nonsense right there. That, that is Evan nonsense. <laughs> um, 
No, I think this is beautiful. I, I think Daniel Day-Lewis is on top of his game. I, Michelle Pfeiffer is just as beautiful as she's ever been. I really like Winona Ryder in this. This might be my favorite Winona Ryder performance. Uh, ever? She's ever done? Probably. Uh, I like her a lot. I think I like her in Little Women more, though. Yeah, I like her in Little Women more, and I like her in Dracula a little bit more. You, you're good, you. Um, <laughs> yeah, she's incredible in Little Woman. Uh, I need to rewatch that Little Women, and it yeah. came out in 1994, so I might Ooh, jump on yeah. that. Um, I haven't, I haven't seen that in years. It's one of those films that my my eldest sister watched all the time, so I've seen yeah. it like ten yeah. times, but I haven't seen it since like 1998. Oh so. yeah, we watch we, it like every year because that's one of Caitlin's like yeah. winter comfort movies. That's that cast is so good. I was gonna say yeah. if you're if you're a woman and you lived in the 90s, <laughs> this was a staple. Yeah, uh, I mean, and I had three sisters, so this was a staple. Absolutely. For me. Like, <laughs> But yeah, uh, number eight. Yeah. Nice. Well. Okay. Well, uh, I believe we're going to call it there. Mm-hmm. Trav, you want to let people know where they can find you on the media's social? I do actually. Uh, you can find me on the Instagram at ZK Audio. I am also on the Twitter at T R A V I O S Z K, where you can also find me on the letterbox, ranking and rating my daily movie watches. I got to say, uh, we're recording this today is what February technically the fifth. Uh I'm already sixty movies deep into the year, so I'm feeling real oh real good. Give oh. Paul a run for his money. Real, yeah, not sixty say. new movies, just sixty movies. Oh, well, yeah, 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 yeah. Good. That's like so, sixty new movies. What if, where? <laughs> what? So yeah. Uh check out the letterbox. See see what your boy been watching. Yeah. Okay. Zach. Zach. Me. You <laughs> find Mr. me Squirter. on. Oh, I'm not squirting today. I'm keeping it dry. <laughs> uh, that's Evan nonsense right there. You got to Evan keep nonsense. Mm. Well, you can find me on Critiker if you like. You know, I post short little movie reviews over there. Let's start migrating them to Letterbox, though. I think though, Letterbox is nice. <laughs> Zach Master on Critiker, X-A-K-K-M-A-S-T-E-R, TikTok, House Havoc, and then Letterboxd by searching my name. And, hey, Mr. Merk- Workman, what's going on with you? Uh, well, you can find me at Father of the Fear across the platforms of Twitter, Instagram, and Letterboxd, where I keep running tally all the films I watched. Uh, Trav, I had to go look up how many films I've watched this year. Watch 59. Hey, <laughs> that's right. Man, we are right there together. Um and uh, this week, I watched the new Netflix film, Home Team. Oh, it is, it is horrible. It is not very good. I did give it a thumbs up on Netflix, though, because I really want them to keep making these weird Happy Madison films. Um, <laughs> and I really like Taylor Lautner in this film. I think he's a, he's a good emotional core. Um <laughs> I just I want the Lautner songs. Let's let's get him back into mainstream films. Yeah, I'm telling you, it's just going to take one Paul Thomas Anderson performance from him, and everybody's going to love him. We'll see. I feel like you know we've got. Uh, <laughs> I just feel like this home team. I haven't even seen it, but this movie and like the the Kurt Warner movie are going to be like. <laughs> well, here's the know. thing. You know, people hate Kevin James, right? Oh, there's terrible. a lot of disdain for Kevin James. I awful. love Kevin James. 
But God, he is fucking terrible in this movie. <laughs> he is just. I, God, there's nothing I can do to like defend him in this movie. He's god awful in this. He movie. is. He is something <laughs> terrible. And the Rob Schneider character in this movie it's is so one bad. of the worst fucking characters that's ever been. Because it's the same character from Grown Ups. Yeah, he except is. shittier. It is god awful. It is baffling. Yeah, how. That man exists sometimes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> who's worse, him or Paul? He said Shore? how that man exists. Like we're talking about his existence as a human being now. <laughs> um, to answer your question, Zach, Paulie Shore. He is the. I don't. I can't. Uh, <laughs> Fair enough. Like he he actively takes Goofy movie from. Uh, he he loses that movie. Dude, a there's star no and a half. way. No, just by being leaning tower of cheese is one of the best lines in that whole movie, sir. I actively just want to shove a pencil. Plus the Paulie Shore, ha 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 ha! Laugh, pencil, come on, pencil directly into my ear, like the butthole surfers, like the butthole yes. surfers. That's right. Electric layer. Look land. at that. Makes me itch. Uh, all right. What's <laughs> Age of Innocence. What are we watching next week, Zach? Next week, we're watching a Marty-produced film, The Grifters, mm-hmm. which you can rent on Amazon, Google, Voodoo, YouTube, uh, YouTube, or stream on HBO Max and Hulu with a premium subscription. Oh. <laughs> Members only. I was going to say, the way you say get premium, the, you know. Got to get the jacket for that. Oh. <sighs> We'd like to thank Trav. Trav, thank you so much. Of course. From our sister podcast, Leveling Up with Benjamin Banks, for producing our show. We'd like to thank Chad Ramsey for our most excellent theme song. We'd like to thank Megan and Jay Bellevue for our beautiful artwork. You can follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Pod and on Facebook at The Oscarsity Podcast. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast. Leave us a nice $5 foot-long star review on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. It really helps us to be seen in the almighty algorithm. Oh, God. So, for Trav, Zach, and the wonderful Geraldine Chaplin, I would like for you all to have a damn fine day.